Melbourne inside the NRL. Queensland face a forward pack reshuffle as one Marone is in serious doubt ahead of Wednesday's Origin Decider. Plus, Tom Trevojevic gives us the latest from the New South Wales Blues camp. And Cameron Smith speaks to media ahead of achieving the largest milestone in NRL history. Welcome back to Inside the NRL. Another massive show in store today. We're just two sleeps out from the State of Origin Decider at ANZ Stadium on Wednesday night. But to kickstart today's episode, I wanted to start a little differently. On this day, exactly 39 years ago, the Queensland great Arthur Beetson leads his side out for the first ever State of Origin side in the 20 to 10 victory. Fantastic pictures here. Gents, when you see this, this vision, incredible, right? I interviewed uh, Chris Choppy Close a couple of weeks ago on the NRL podcast and he spoke about being in the sheds and watching Arthur rub the, the resin and all that kind of stuff on his jumper and he said it was the most amazing moment. Um, so you look at those pictures and, and those guys paved the way. So every... Every person that goes out there and plays now and the money that's in and around the game, those guys did it for hardly, I think they did it for 200 bucks yeah. Yeah, back then. So it's, but it's, a, it's amazing scenes. Yeah, and Chris Close was man of the match that game. That's exactly right. Remember? And they no, said they wouldn't, it wouldn't work either. And here we are. It's the biggest event on the, on the calendar, not just in sport but on TV. It's a massive it's hard to ratings think, hit. It's hard to think that Wednesday night's the biggest game ever in, in Queensland, you know, from Queensland's point of view when... That was probably the foundation of where it started. Particularly in terms of TV ratings as well. We mm. always, uh, Todd Greenberg spoke at Perth and said that State of Origin will rate up the top in terms of any Australian sport. So fantastic stuff. But let's talk about State of Origin. Two sleeps, can you believe it? Wow. Queensland camp, a few changes. Matt Gillette um, racing the clock, really, with a groin injury. Do you think it's a big loss if they don't see him out there? Oh, another Queensland injury. I love it. It's just on cue. On the, over the weekend, our man Zach Bailey broke the story. Matt Gillette in doubt. Look, there's a bit of talk that... He may be okay. Um, if he's not there, Ethan Lowe's been discussed as someone who'll come into the side. Look, I, look, I think it's a big loss because Matt Gillett just gets through a lot of work, but also in terms of continuity and what they've had over the years. I know he wasn't there last year, but to bring in a new face in a decider, it's a huge ask. Do you think it's right to give it until Tuesday? Yeah, yeah I give him up until game time. I think Matt Gillett's so an integral part of that Queensland side. And, and as Chema said, defensively, their systems are in place. Ethan Lowe would have been training there, but Matt Gillette's probably, you know, he and Kafusi are their best front, uh, best back rowers. So you need to give him as much time as possible. Definitely. Well, uh, their skipper, Daly Cherubins, did speak to media this morning. Here's what he had to say. Uh, look, I don't know, honestly don't know, but um, he's been flat out working around the clock with the physio team, so, um, Look, he'll give himself every chance to play. I'm pretty sure he's going to be training tomorrow and then um, we'll find out where he's at from there. He seems reasonably confident, but he's also not going to know until he has a run around tomorrow how he's feeling. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those ones that you just... The player he is, you give him every chance and we see what happens. Is this adversity playing in Queensland's hands a bit uh, daily? I mean, uh, it's a great tradition of fighting against adversity and coming up front. Yeah, 100% it is. Does this interrupt their preparation that much? I mean, Jamie, you've been in plenty of it. It's just another <laughs> nah. thing. It's, uh, look, every camp, you know, you usually have little tweaks and bumps and bruises and all that kind of stuff. And with the cameras there, everything's magnified, you know, in and around Origin because it's the only game, you know, that you look forward to during this period. You're not looking forward really to club games. So uh, you're looking forward to 
and you, and you magnify that. So Gillette pulls up sore, doesn't finish the session. Callum Ponga didn't finish the session in Perth, still plays. So um, I think they'll be fine. I will say this, though. The distractions they had in Perth, and they were a lot more than they have been in Sydney in terms of Dane Gagai getting sick and Caelan Ponga with that calf injury and then the Moses Embi with that frightening um, anaphylactic shock that almost saw him ruled out of the game. So those distractions seem to put them off their game slightly last time. So this is, this is not the same level as someone almost dying in camp, but uh, a distraction nonetheless. Yeah. Oh, wait and see. It was interesting. Daly Chair Evans also spoke about his own fitness. Um, here's what he had to say. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the, that's the best I've felt, you know. I've probably um, thrown a few little white lies out there around my fitness over the last really? couple of months, but <laughs> couldn't tell. Um, so, yeah, that's a part of footy. Um, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you just want to get out there and play, but um, the fact that I've taken part in every training session this week is something that I haven't done since coming back from injury. For once, I can honestly say I'm feeling good and I feel great going into a game of footy. Which... But do we believe him now? Well, he's just admitted to white lies and then the, the last grab was him saying that he's not sure about Matt Gillette. Like, what do we believe? Look, I, I just think if you're going in, if it's the biggest game in a decider, for me, you know, not really worrying about the white lies. I'd be worrying about your full fitness. You know, the, we didn't hear about it after game one. Uh, game two was saying he wasn't fully fit. So, yeah, who knows what to believe? Another storyline through Origin. You think he's leaving himself a little bit of room for excuses if they don't get the job done? Well, it gives that perception. I mean, if you sit down and analyse it, it gives that perception that there's a little bit of wiggle room if they don't come up trumps. But I'd like to think Daly isn't like that. But, you know, one, one segment he's saying he's telling white lies and then he's saying that he's not sure about Matt Gillette. I'm sure the captain would know, you know, where Matt Gillette is. Do you think that he's buying into Kevy Walters and his coach whisper antics? Maybe. I'll tell you this much. If they don't win on Wednesday night. These, the games and the sideshow, everything they've been playing at the whole series, they, they're left with egg on their face if they don't come up with the win because Queensland, they have told some lies and there have been some, yeah, some games being played that people are looking at and, and ridiculing them. If they win, they look like geniuses. They look like they nailed the plan, they nailed the execution, they got it right, this is the way to go. If they lose, they're going to be left with egg on their face and I think, I think that's what Kevy has applied to the pressure with this coach whisper and stuff and not mentioning New South Wales. It's just magnified the pressure. Okay. Egg on their face. That's a new one from you, Michael. Yeah, I like don't mind it. Yeah. All right, well, that's enough from Queensland camp. To get the latest from New South Wales camp, we're joined by Tom Travojevic. Tom, thanks for joining us on Inside the NRL. Hey, guys. How are you? Yeah, we're pretty good here. How's camp been so far? Yeah, it's been really good. You know, we got to break over the weekend, which was nice, but it was good to come back in yesterday, uh, punch out a good session today, and, you know, we're all just really looking forward to Wednesday. Tommy, I know there's a little bit of uncertainty around the Queensland side in regards to who, who you'll be marking up against. Can you talk about the different challenges Michael Morgan and Moses Embiid pose to you? Well, obviously, you know, two different players. Uh, they, you know, Morgan predominantly plays half and, you know, he's played a bit of centre and, you know, he's a really strong ball runner. And then you, you got someone like Moses Embiid who's, who's very quick, moves really well across the field. So, um, both offer, you know, a very different threat, but both are really good players. So I'm um, not too sure how they're going to line up, but, you know, um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see to, on Wednesday. Tommy, heavily favoured the Blues going in to win this series after the demolition job in Perth. Has Freddie spoken about complacency and starting fast on Wednesday? Yeah, you know, he has. Um, you know, it was a good win in Perth, but, you know, we start nil all on Wednesday night, so uh, we'll just focus on, you know, come back in, you know, focusing on what we had to do and, you know, 
we've got to do another job. We've got to start fast. We've got to win the ruck again and um, you know play footy on the back of it. So, you know, Boyd's been really good at leading that as well, and we need to yeah just go out there and just do our job again. Tom, there's been plenty of different faces coming to camp this week, but how does Freddie implement um, in making sure there is no complacency? Is he implementing any new strategies to make sure that you are ready to go, fit and firing on Wednesday night? Oh, look, there's no real new strategies. I think you know what Freddie has really pushed throughout throughout the camp is just being being within yourself, and you know we do a lot of breathing exercises just to calm us down and and relax and. Uh, focus on what we have to do because like I said before you know it was a good win game too but that's done now on Wednesday night we start new law and we need to you know create another win and um, I think the boys have been really good at that we've had a really good week of training and you know we're all just you know last session tomorrow and then we're ready to rip in. Tommy that uh, combination with yourself and James Tedesco in game two obviously quite important in getting the result there now there's a bit of talk that you've been working with Joey. He's been quite you know, instrumental in that relationship and building that combination in terms of how you guys, you know, link on the field. Yeah, look, Joey's been really good to have in camp. You know, he's a, an immortal for a reason. He's done it all in the game and at all levels. And, you know, you learn a lot of, of players like that, as you do all the other coaches. But, you know, he's been really good. I think he brings Teddy into the game a lot, the way he likes to play footy. He does a lot around our attack with, uh, with the Bedsy. And uh, I think, you know... Teddy's been seeing a lot of result from that and you, you saw how good he's been and not only this Origin Series but last year and um, you know he, he creates a lot of opportunities and you know for myself it's just being in the picture when you know someone like like Teddy you know creates that half break and hopefully you know you can get the ball off him. Tommy what does Brad Fittler say to you come in you have that amazing game against the Dragons before you go into game two how does he want you to attack? Does he want you just to stay there and go sniffing for the ball or is he giving you free reign over the attack? Yeah, look, he's given me a little bit of free reign, which is nice. Um, you know, I'm a fullback at, at Clubland, so that is natural to me. Um, but coming in, you know, playing the centre is a different role and I think uh, during during game two we had a lot of field position and, uh, you know, it gave me a lot of opportunities to roam the field and we saw a result off that. But, you know, obviously going into, into Wednesday night, it's, it's going to be... It'll likely be a different story, so we just have to see how the game pans out. Hopefully, you know, we, we get some good field position and, and play some good footy, and uh, you know, we'll see what opportunities I have across the field. Tom, just another one. Jamie did mention you came in game two after that hamstring injury. Every game, the Blues have had a different halves combination. How does Mitchell Pearce slot into this side defensively? Oh, you know, he's really good. Um, you know, he's obviously played at this level before. He's, he's done it before and he's, you know, probably he's been the best half of the competition this year. And, um, you know, it's, he's, the jersey is well earned and, uh, you know, I'll be defending next to him. Um, you know, we've trained really well together and, you know, he's told me what, what he wants and I've told him what I want. And uh, I think that's worked really well and it's lucky we've got really good players around us that, you know, we all look to work together and um, solve any uh, issue that comes at us. Well, we look forward to watching the game on Wednesday night now. Jake did get man of the match on um, game two, so does that mean that you're on the firing line to win it in game three? <laughs> uh, look, that would be nice. I'd be more happy just to get a win, and then uh, that would be enough for me. But, you know, obviously those individual accolades are... You know, very rewarding and it was it was great to see Jake get that in the, in the second game. Don't try and be humble now, mate. You were blowing up in the sheds after game two that you didn't win it, so it's nice to see you putting on a little <laughs> bit of a face at the moment. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, Thomas, mate, I was... I don't know what happened there, mate. Someone stitched me up. You were probably awarding it. And, um, <laughs> but that's right. You know, I'd you know, say he was definitely to, behind to get, a, to get a win like that and... Uh, yeah, it's some, something to do with it, but yeah, it's good to get a win like that. Hopefully we, we can get another one. Well, good luck on Wednesday night, and thanks for joining us at Inside the NRL. Thanks, Steve, guys. Thanks for having me. A bit of a delay there. It's great to have him. <laughs> He's on. nervous. He's just nervous. <laughs> it's the biggest game in origin history. <laughs> Crossing out there. He's relaxed. Your yeah. day off, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you one thing. You, you can't blame Tommy because your day off before Origin, you just try and switch off from the world. So uh, we thank New South Wales and Tommy for doing that interview so close to the game. For sure. Now, there is some other news out of the Blues camp. Michael Chamis, what do you have? Yeah, look, David Clemmer, who's rushed back into the side, obviously, after Tariq Sims was found to be guilty at the judici judiciary on Tuesday night, he will start the game. Uh, there was a bit of talk that he will start off the bench, but he will partner his Knights front rower, Daniel Saifidi, to open the game. Some size there and... That'll, that'll force Jake Trebojevic back into the lock position and Dale Finucane to the bench. I think you know, New South Wales will have to go with size to start with because last game they went with a bit of you know, footwork and, and you know, ball playing with Jake Trebojevic in the front row. So they've changed it up now. Uh, and David Clemmer, after missing out altogether, is in the starting side. Is that the right choice, do you think, Jamie? Oh, I don't really mind, to be honest. I think Clemmer would have bought some value off the bench. He would have done the job knowing that uh, he'd missed out originally. But what he does bring is it allows Saifidi now just to go hammer and tong and Finucane to come on and play big minutes. So it'll be crucial. Uh, Freddie was criticised heavily on how he used Clemmer in game one. So it'll be interesting to see how many minutes he plays and when he does get a spell. Okay. Another big talking point is obviously the New South Wales halves. Mitchell Pearce has come back in after his recall and will join James Maloney. The two haven't played together since 2017. Uh, when we look at their games, 18 for Mitchell Pearce. It's hard to think he debuted back in 2008. They've played, uh, they've actually played, I think, six games together. And their winning rate, as you can see, for Mitchell Pearce, 27.8%. Stats, you've always said, Jamie, you've got to go on the eye test. Are you confident the eye test? They've got this down pat. Yeah, I couldn't give two hoots about the stats. To be <laughs> um, I knew you'd say that. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? And I know I, was, I actually won a game with Mitchell Pearce. Lockyer, Thurston, Cronk, Smith, Inglis, yeah, all in that Slater, all in the same team. So that that's the greatest state of origin team we've ever seen, Queensland, over the last you know, decade. At times there, they had five, six of those guys. Four of them or five of them will probably be immortal. So... Mitchell wasn't the blame, you know, the sole blame. When we lost the series, a lot of people had, had made mistakes throughout the series, so I couldn't give two hoots about the stats. I think they go out there Wednesday, and, and he's coming in now the most prepared he's ever gone into a state of origin camp. What about for you? I couldn't agree more with Sauer, to be honest with you. I think, you know, you look at those... If he plays in a different era, in a different generation, he could be one of New South Wales' greatest halves. Look, he's, there's no doubt he has the talent, and, and, and to be, say he's played bad games is unfair on Mitchell. The fact is they haven't won games when he's played, and that's, that's there to be seen, and, and that's clear. With that Queensland team, I don't know there are many halves who would have been able to do what New South Wales expected him to do in those many games he played uh, throughout his earlier years. So I think it's unfair, the criticism, and I think you'll find on Wednesday night against a normal team, not a team with immortals, that he'll get the job done for New South Wales. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And he does deserve that sort of fairy tale finish, uh, I believe, as well. I think um, he's definitely had a career-best season. And even Wayne Pearce, his father, did talk to NRL.com and, and agree that he's been sensational. And, and he's older now. He's 30 and he knows how to lead the team and, and hang in there as a halfback. I will say this. In terms of pressure, I think if he goes in and plays his game and tackles well 
defensively and also comes up with the right plays on last play option. That's all he'll be asked to do. Yep. He'll be asked, James Maloney's got the hot hand. He will be controlling the side. It's not Mitchell Pearce's side this week. It's actually James Maloney's side. So all the pressure and, you know, will this ruin his legacy? No, it won't. 18 Origin games is an amazing effort. If he comes in and does his job Wednesday night, James Maloney will help them steer over uh, a win over the Queenslanders. With that being said, who's your tip? New South Wales, 10 plus. 10 plus, okay. New South Wales, 20 plus. I actually said New South Wales by 12. I just don't see Queensland getting themselves into the contest at all. And that's not just... I just think what they did in game two in Perth and they exposed those areas in Perth, I think they're going to find them again. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to go Queensland by one point. <laughs> I said it from the start of the series. Okay. All right. We'll watch this face. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, if, if Queensland win... It's one of the be- it's, and, and to be fair, New South Wales deserve the criticism they get if they don't. They are the better team on paper. They come into the team, come into the game in much better form. Mm. And you'd like to think with Caelan Ponga out and New South Wales probably strengthening their team with Mitchell Pearce coming in and David Clemmer on the back of Cleary and Sims missing out. So I don't think there are any excuses for New South Wales. If they don't get the job done, any criticism that comes their way is deserved. Right. Well, if you don't have your tickets, make sure you get there. Wednesday, ANZ Stadium, 810 kickoff. Tickets are still on sale. NRL.com forward slash tickets. I did see our notification on our app that they're $60. So get in there quick smart because I think they're selling pretty quickly. Um, also, another thing, the NRL Travels pregame party. You and I are going to be there. Yeah. Come party, come hang out, come bag me. Wow, there we go. Look, Look at that, that photo. <laughs> I've eaten a couple of cupcakes in retirement, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> no, come along uh, Wednesday, the, the NRL Travel Pre-Game Party. Look, it's a, it's a fantastic idea. You get to sit down and talk to people and mingle with the fans ahead of what should be an amazing atmosphere at ANZ Stadium on Wednesday night. Catch a train out there together uh, and then enjoy the game. Yeah, 4.30 to 6.30 at the Aurora Rooftop Hotel. So it's directly opposite Central Station. I'll be there, you'll be there, there'll be other... Um, NRL legends there. Yeah, thanks thanks for the invite, guys. No, it's yes, good. I'm not doing anything yeah. Wednesday night. Yeah. Oh, That's great. I think sorry. we know the reasons why Michael missed out. I've heard it before. I haven't played Origin. I know. I know. No, I just say you had to get a personal invite. But, uh, <laughs> from Katie. Thanks, Katie. Appreciate it. <laughs> no worries. And if you do want a discount, make sure you enter the broader game. Um, I think tickets come down to $99. So just remember, two hours, food and bev. That's a pretty good deal, if you ask me. All right. That sounds pretty good to me. Let's talk about Cameron Smith. Fun fact, uh, playing his 400th NRL game this weekend against the Sharks. Absolutely sensational. He did speak um, this morning in Melbourne. Zach Bailey was there as our reporter. Cameron Smith has done everything in the game. He's won premierships captaining his club side, the Melbourne Storm. He's won World Cups captaining his country. And, of course, several State of Origin series captaining his state. But this weekend, he will enter new territory when he becomes the first player to reach the 400-game milestone. Probably a little bit uncomfortable with the uh, the attention around um, the game this weekend. Yeah, for me, it's a... Uh it's, it's just another opportunity to go out and play the game that, that I've loved since I was a little boy. And it's one he didn't think he'd reach until full time of the Storms match against the Dragons last week. Probably after I finished last week's match, I thought it was, yeah. <laughs> Once I got through that game unscathed, then I knew I was a good, good chance of playing 400. Smith's achievement is even more remarkable given he hasn't really changed his ways during his 18-year career. Not that I don't think yoga is a good thing. It can be at times and it can be for different people, but I've found that... Uh, Few legs, few leg swings, and a couple of uh, 
arm rolls before a session or, or a game works best for me. <laughs> when Smith debuted back in April 2002, Craig Bellamy was running a boot camp down here and not much changed in those early years. Many thought if you stayed here your whole career, you'd be lucky to play 200 games, let alone 400. I do remember having a conversation with Matt Guy, though. This is going back probably... 2005 or 2006. He said, if you guys want to stay in the game for you know, 10 years or you want to have a long career in the NRL, you might have to look at going somewhere else because I don't think you're going to be able to last here under Craig. Yeah, with the way with the way he's training, yeah, it was just it was just relentless. Maybe there was a method to Craig's madness in those early days that you know that gives us the ability to push through you know the, the mentally the the tough times mentally or the tough times physically. Smith is contracted to the Melbourne Storm until the end of 2020 and says he has no plans hanging up his boots at the end of this year. Everyone knows that when you're winning and there's a good feeling, everyone's happy. Um, certainly if, if we weren't winning, I may have a different outlook on yeah, my future, but at this stage, um, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I'll be finishing up. As for whether we'll ever see another player reach the 400 milestone... I think there's every chance there could be. I, I can't see why there can't be another player that achieves 400 matches. And I, and I, I truly hope there is because it, it's, it's, it's nothing but a great story for our game. So this Saturday will be a very special day down here at Amy Park when the Melbourne Storm take on the Cronulla Sharks and Cam Smith celebrates game 400. Yeah, Zach Bailey there, 42 games for Queensland, 56 for Australia. And Jamie Soward, you managed to only beat Cameron Smith once <laughs> in your 12-year NRL career. I, I told you that. I'm a bit nervous because I'm not sure he was playing that night. Look, um, he's, the, he's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time for me in our game. I think having played against Cameron, the way he revolutionised hookers and what they've been able to do, you look at Damien Cooks now, uh, and having played against him, look, it, it was hard going, having not beat him uh, at all but or once. But uh, to be able to say that I've played against uh, Cameron Smith is certainly uh, one of those things you look back and uh, to, he's the greatest ever. Yeah. Michael, for you, reporting on many different stories, when you report on somebody like Cameron Smith, you can't help but sort of fall in awe of him. Oh, mate, when you speak to Cameron Smith, there's some people in the game, when you speak to them, they just have this demeanour about them. You know, Wayne Bennett falls into that category, obviously Cameron Smith in that category. He's just done so much, and, and it's very hard for a player to go, to go a career that long and not have a bad year. We're talking about a player who doesn't go a bad... To be honest, his bad games aren't bad. I can't remember a Cameron Smith game where you'd say he had a shock of that game. He's, if, if he's below par, he's still at a very high level. And that's, that's a testament to, to the way he's handled himself over 18 years. He's, um, he's an ornament to the game and 400 games is very deserved. We don't appreciate him enough because he's Melbourne and he's a Queenslander. And the way that he is able to talk to referees is overblown. I think that if every club had Cameron Smith, they would take him yesterday. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as a former football player, I, I really appreciate what he's been able to do for the game and how he continues to uh, reinvent himself and, and evolve. The game never goes past him. And you talk about players towards the end, sometimes the game just goes past them. Yeah. He's been able to continue to evolve down there at the Melbourne Storm and, and make them compete for premierships every year. Which is crazy because he was uh, from Logan and they said, always spoke about him having this accountant's body. And well, he played his first two games at halfback. Anthony Griffin uh, shared that story on the weekend that they had to throw a halfback in and he just got the game. Yeah. And sometimes you see that. And, and I hope there is another person that plays 400 games, but it may be a long, long while before we get someone there.
I've been waiting for, for Cameron Smith to, to fall off, like not, not in an anticipating way. I just think that over the years we saw when that salary cap drama happened, they lost plays and you thought, oh, Melbourne would come back a peg here. They didn't. And Billy Slater retires. Uh, sorry, that Cooper Cronk moves on and you think uh, Melbourne will come back to the pack here. Cameron Smith keeps going. And then Billy retires and they're, what, six or eight points clear at the top of the ladder. So It's yeah. not going to end. Pappenhausen, Hughes, Brandon Smith, mm. Croft, Billy Walters. There's a young hooker, Harry Grant. Yeah. Uh, that's it's in the Sunshine Coast Falcons. They've only lost one game this year. So they're going to be around for the next 15 years competing. Massively. We could talk about the Melbourne Storm all day and we will talk a little bit more about Cameron Smith. After this teaser, let's take a look at 40 seconds of the best of Cameron Smith. There's a lot of origin games that, that I really enjoyed playing in. I enjoyed playing in all of them, you know, the wins and the losses. But not knowing it at, at the time, but my last game that I played, so game three in 2017, you know, where we were in that series, it was one all. You know, JT had injured his shoulder in game two. That was the end of his origin career. We, we didn't have our, our number seven that we'd had there for 37 games straight, I think it was, something like that, something ridiculous like that, 36 games straight. Without knowing going into that game that that was going to be my last one, I, you know, I, I knew that I had to stand up as captain and, and uh, not doing anything special, but just I wanted to I wanted to do more than what I'd done in the, in the previous two. That full Cameron Smith special will be up on NRL.com. What was that? Because I was at that game. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm lucky to say that he's played in the last one, but it was one all, and I knew that they were going to get us. Travelled up to Brisbane and everything, but well done, Cameron. <laughs> shouldn't You've have let him out. have been one all. <laughs> that series? Yeah, well... Anyway, well done. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't bought tickets to Amy Park on Saturday night, make sure you do that. We're hoping for a sellout against the Sharks. 400 games. This doesn't happen often. Like you said, Jamie, you're not sure when the next one will be. Um, and he gets a, a crystal ball at the end of it. And for fans, you can go onto the field after the match and be part of the presentation, which is pretty special, weather permitting. So, Melbourne, please be kind. Don't rain. <laughs> and there's also a pretty cool 360-degree uh, photo that's going to be taken. And you can tag yourself in that photo, which Agreed. is, like, pretty cool, yeah. I think. Pretty excited, Katie. I'm, yeah, I'm really I tell you, actually, it's, you better get those tickets because the Sharks, very good record down in Melbourne. They'll be wanting to go down there and upset the party. Yeah, no, let's not have that this round. Maybe next round for the Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, sweet or sour? Yeah, sweet or sour this week. Look, a fantastic game yesterday by a team and a club that's under so much pressure. The Baby Broncos, absolutely outstanding yesterday at Points Bet Stadium down there in the Shire. The, the winger, Xavier Coates, for me, he played for his country before he played uh, for the Brisbane Broncos. They had four debutants, I think, not given a hope. And then just look at this play here, the hooker playing 5'8", and he comes through. And you don't like to make comparisons, but the way his body style is and starting on the wing, he's like a young GI, just in the shape of the way he moves and stuff. So Payne Haas outstanding. But the baby Broncos, a lot of hype you know, in and around the baby Broncos of old and how they were able to cause an upset. So I just thought that was fantastic watching yesterday. But Xavier Coates quickly becoming one of my favourite players to, to watch. I've seen him three times this year. And the scenes after the game, you see that smile. That The future of the game is in good hands when guys like that are coming through. So well done to the baby Broncos. Last week we sat here and said season over. Changed your mind? No. Still season over? Yeah. Okay. I think it's too hard. It's... Too hard for them to come back. I mean, one in flash in the pan efforts like that are going to happen through, through the bottom half of the teams. But I think from 10 up, it's going to be decide the eight from 10 downs. No. 
Okay. Well, I think a few critics were suggesting that the Broncos were in trouble for the next few years, but from what you saw on the weekend, maybe they're not in as much trouble as you first thought. Here's hoping anyway. All right, let's move to hit or miss. Kevin Walters will coach Queensland next year. Hit or miss? Miss. I think that they lose on Wednesday night, and whether he goes to the Titans or whether they go back to Wayne Bennett, I just think that they've seen th some things. It's been a weird campaign for the Queenslanders because there's so much coach whisperer and Shamus, it looks like a lot of distractions brought on by themselves mm. throughout this series. Yeah, well, as I said earlier, I reckon they've put the pressure on themselves with the way they've handled it. Uh, yeah, oh, it just detracts from what they're trying to do. And trying to take attention away from the team has actually put more attention on the team. Uh, I, I, say, um, I say miss. I don't think he'll be coached next year. And to be honest with you, I don't know. I, I think they lose on Wednesday night. And I don't know if he's coaching the Titans next year either. I know there's a lot of talk around him. What are you hearing? Oh, look... Well, to be honest, going off two back-to-back -back series losses into a coaching job is not a glowing endorsement. And the fact that he didn't leave Brisbane on the greatest of terms either. So, look, I think he would be one of the front runners. There's a lot of talk about Justin Holbrook over in the UK at the moment, whether he comes back. St Helens. Yeah, he's an option. So Garth Brennan's done? Uh, I think so. I, th I think uh, in a they've got on July 15, they've, uh, the review that that Mel Meninga has been conducting over the last few months, uh, well, over the last month, he'll put that forward to the board on July 15. So I think after this series, we'll find out uh, that Garth Brennan is probably not going to have a job at the club for much longer. Is there anybody else in the fold? You mentioned a couple. Oh, there's a few names. Adrian Lamb. I, I think it'll come down to Kevy, and I think Justin Holbrook, I, I really think that he's one of the ones they're keeping their eye on. They have huge wraps, huge wraps on. He's off contracts, and the Helens are trying to extend him, and he hasn't extended his time there. So, mm. uh, to me, I think he's waiting for the right... His name was also mentioned as a potential Canterbury coach if Dean Pay was to be moved on. Right, OK. We'll keep your eyes on NRL.com. Michael Chambers will no doubt have the latest question to the bunker should use one crew for the entire eight rounds. Oh, sorry, the entire eight games in that round. Hit or miss, Michael? I was going to say miss. Uh, I know Sowie likes this idea, but I, I just... I don't think it does anything because whether you have the same people or not, you're still going to make errors. And we saw errors on the weekend. What happens then if you... Yeah, you might get one good week, then one bad week. Does that mean that necessarily that crew is not a good crew? I don't know. You just... It's part of the game. Human error. Yes, they stuffed up, but I don't think this solves anything. Hit for me. I think this is a good idea based off the fact of what we saw on the weekend. You see that SMS. I actually thought it was a try and they got that right. And then the Ken Mamalo one, I was calling it live for 2GB and we had moved on to the next play, thinking it was a try after looking at all the angles, especially this one right here. The thing what you would get if you have the same crew for all eight games, yes, it's demanding watching three games, but it's only an eight-hour day mm. and you've got enough people in the bunker to be able to watch those games. You get consistency throughout that round. So you'd have one week off uh, on, two weeks off. So I just think there's something that might be looked at. You want consistency throughout. I mean, you'd love to have the same ref for all eight games. That's impossible. But the bunker, they might be able to have a look at it. Okay, well, they're pretty close by, so you might have to go down the hallway. Oh, I'm not you? welcomed over there. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get hey, me. you haven't asked. You might be. <laughs> All right, last but not least, John Morris had every right to hook Sean Johnson, hit or miss. I'll go to you, uh, Michael. I'll say miss. I'm going to stick up for Sean Johnson here. I felt sorry for him yesterday, watching him on the bench. I understand the situation they're in, and if it's more so to do with the fact they wanted the goal kicker on at the end and... And we've seen, you know, I think they've lost three straight games now, scoring more tries than their opposition and just missed goals. You, you just can't have that in the NRL. So I understand wanting to get Kyle Flanagan on, but there's so much talk around Sean Johnson at the moment. And I feel sorry for him just ahead of his return against his old club in a, a couple of weeks. I think he's a great signing. I think it's up to John Morris to try and get the best out of him. Now, I know he's had a hamstring slash back injury that's hampered his progress throughout the year. 
But I, I think it's John Morris's job as coach. I know he inherited his signing. It was a Shane Flanagan signing. But it's his job to get the best out of him. I don't think hooking him with the game on the line is doing your star playmaker any, any good. Hit or miss? Yeah, I, I love Sean Johnson. I love watching him play. But I'm going to say hit. He needed a goal kicker out there. And you saw, I don't know how right that hamstring quad back is on Sean Johnson. He's, I don't like players returning. And you saw Tommy, he returned from that hammy and he wore a, like a brace around it the first week. And then the second week, it was almost like, get rid of it. You know, mm. If you're fully right, get rid of it. And I don't know how healthy that has been. So at the, you have to make a call as a coach. So I think John Morris looked at the fact they needed to kick the next goal. And then, I mean, he's not blamed for defensively letting in those tries, but uh, there's still some work to do if you're the Sharks. They've, they've disappointed the last couple of weeks. Well, let me ask you this. So there's a lot of talk around Kyle Flanagan that he would go into the Roosters next year. If you're the Sharks... I'm hearing done deal, Roosters. Well, if that's the case, if you're the Sharks, do you say, if, if you're not happy with Sean Johnson and there's any thought in your mind that he's not the answer going forward, do you say to Kyle Flanagan, listen, mate, we want you to stay. Sean, thanks, but it's not working out. Is, no. that, is that something you would do? Well, no, because Kyle's made the decision to go to the Roosters. Well, if it's not done, though. If there's any chance of getting him out and convincing him. Well, that's him. a lot of if it's nots, ifs and buts. Well, I'm asking you, is Sean Johnson the future of, yes. of the shit? Okay. Yes. Everyone has bad patches, I can tell you that. But if we're isolated, the question was, was John Morris right to do it on the weekend? And I would say yes, in that vacuum, that they needed a goal kicker on the field. Kyle Flanagan has done the job for them and goal kicked. Great. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that one. Champ or chump? <laughs> Now, the first one is actually we're throwing one of our own under the bus. Zach Bailey was in Queensland camp for State of Origin camp. Let's take a look at what he did with the great Wally Lewis. Thanks for joining us for this NRL.com exclusive. I'm lucky enough to be joined by the King, Wally Lewis. Wally, have you heard the news uh, from down south? The other team, they're bringing in Mitchell Pearce for Nathan Cleary. Yeah, uh, obviously he didn't like that question. Uh, doesn't have much to say, but he's got a big grin on his face. Uh, can the Blues win now? Pierce is back in sky blue. Let us know. Oh, hit he's, or miss. Look, <laughs> hit or miss or champ or chump? Champ or chump. <laughs> look. He's thrown me off. I know what you two do. I'm going to say champ. It's a lonely period for Zach. He's travelling on the road, so he's a little bit tired. Not his best gag, but uh, I think he knew that as soon as he pressed post and uh, he started getting the, the responses, he knew that it wasn't his best bit of footy. I gotta tell you this much though, because yesterday he uh, he broke a story, Matt Gillett, that was going to be, um, gonna, it was in doubt for Origin three. I think it's got to his head a little bit. The fame, the yeah, he says. Oh, he hey, what are you the, saying? The, the adrenaline. What are you saying? He, I'm saying chump. I think it's the, it's got to his <laughs> what are you head. Saying? Out of control. Um, You're too nice. No, I'm gonna say chump. When I saw it, I cringed. It's disrespectful to the Zach king. Zach Bailey, you're fantastic. We love you on our team, but I, I will jump in. I'm with you, <laughs> champ. I can't bag the team, mate. Oh. Never stopped you before. Yeah, I was going to say, come on. I've All got right. our rankings of my teammates. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one. We did see Brisbane Bronco. Alex Glenn scare Xavier Coates. The poor thing. Take a look. <laughs> How's the face expression? Honestly, <laughs> I tightened up a little bit watching that. That was that was outstanding, and I think uh, Josh had a car got Blake Ferguson as well. So yeah. I'm sure you catch all that on uh, Tanisha Stanton's social, social rap for sure. Yeah, social on Fridays, scene. yeah, it's fantastic. I love the scare cam. Sorry, Cham. I love scare cam. Yeah. It's the Jim. best. All right, and last but not least, we did see a Warriors fan at the game on the weekend. Can we please look at him after a try was scored here by Sam Lasoni? 
goes over the line and he's been at it all week. Oh, he's over. He's gone down the big man. <laughs> he was up and down the stairs all night. He, he was, was very, very, uh, he was in everything, uh, the fans. So I'll say, chump though, the Warriors, not impressive. Well, it's not about the Warriors. It's it about is. He's got a Warriors, Warriors jersey on. Uh, they That's, won. Oh, they shouldn't have. <laughs> I'll champion. I'm champing him as well. <laughs> no, champ. I love fans I reacting like the old school that. Jersey. Me too. It's so great. One too many sherbets, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Power rankings, go. Yeah, power rankings out. They come out every Monday. Uh, look, Melbourne Storm continue to dominate at the top. I moved the Roosters up a couple of spots this week, guys. Off the back of, I just see enough there from Luke Keary coming back. Once Jake Friend comes back, I think it'll be a rematch of the grand final. And the Sharks, for me, they're on the skid uh, down to eighth. But you can catch that every Monday at 12 noon uh, on NRL.com. You were pulling a face expression. Do you have something to say? No, I was, just, I was thinking earlier, we are talking about Kyle Flanagan, obviously... Uh, that incident with Matt Lodge, uh, no one's going to miss a game for it. So that was interesting to see that uh, the judiciary, I think they got some points there, but no one will miss a game. Yeah, took the early plea. It mm. was a pretty uh, obvious knee into Matt Lodge. It wasn't a good look, but yeah, they're both free to play next week. There you go. Well, that's us for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. It was great to have your company. Tomorrow at 3.55, the regular NRL teams panel is back. Zach Bailey hosting that one with Jeff um, Tuvi and Brett Kamali. Until next Monday, have a good one.